0: This is the one with a red-faced Mr. Pink.
1: A tin can tentacle cable tent.
0: A
2: potentially propriety-perceiving pepper pot. It's called Inner Space. No, Fantastic Voyage. No, Anatomy Park. No, 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 no. the Invisible Enemy. No, Honey, I shrunk the Doctor. No, it's called Into the Dalek.
1: Here we go. We're still on our epic
2: phrase. All through time and
1: all through space. Whistler, Bean, and Angel's Hand.
2: Cyber Cyber, Zood and wow!
0: Counting Sonic's rating apps. From the poor to the sublime.
1: Echoes and Territica.
0: Let's agree, it's about time. Who back when? Reviewing mm-hmm. on you, who there is.
1: Who back
0: when? Subscribe and rate mm-hmm. on iTunes, please.
1: Rose and Donna. Amy Pond.
0: Rory Clara. And beyond. Join, Join us on this to see what other choice mm-hmm. could there be. But
1: who back when?
0: Who back when? when? Wowee, podcast land. Welcome to episode N06 of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. A oh, Dog Pass. Indeed. <laughs> oh, love it. Saves <laughs> so much time. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> we are coming to you not quite live from not quite the usual Who Back When studio. We are recording at Casa Drew Back When.
2: Slash Casa Evie. Oh. Uh. <laughs> She's trying to sleep right now. Oh. She's, in the room. Up. She's, she's so like, adorable.
1: Is that my name? Do you need me?
2: Those two lovely
0: voices belong to fellow hosts. Marie. Hello, Marie. Hi. I nearly said hi, Marie, then. That's not what we do. Hi, Leon. (laughs) Hello, hello. And Drew.
2: Why, hello, Leon. It's me, Drew Backwell. That's
0: what he always sounds like, podcast land. And I am Leon. Hello, hello, hello. And we are going to be talking about Into the Dalek (gasps) today, a well timed episode. How so? Because the last episode, and we said this in the last episode as well, the classic Who a review of The Invisible Enemy, in that one also, the Doctor gets shrunken down.
1: No way Oh Yes he fantastic
0: voyages With his companion In
1: that one as well What does he fantastic voyage into?
0: Himself No He clones himself Well they clone They make temporary clones Of the Doctor And Leela is the companion Mm. At the
2: time Do you think that's why There's this line in the episode That otherwise bears no resemblance To anything I don't trust him He could be a duplicate (gasps) Oh Because That could be it. That yeah, is the quite only frankly. link. There's no within episode link or pickup or mention of it ever again. I love it. That might be it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Well, before we jump in too
0: deep, how about we be scout the heck out of this one? Let's. Time for us to synopsize. Slubify and summarize. So take a view and, and grab a brew and, a and listen to this overview. This free-for-all we like to call a bite chunk of who. Bite-sized Bites chunk Bites of who? Human resistance forces have injured and captured the only good Dalek known to have ever existed and are now in need of a doctor with an eye for the most minute detail. Rescuing young soldier Journey Blue from the universe subjugating lasers of the Daleks, the 12th Doctor is inexplicably drawn into the fight.
1: Meanwhile, at a completely different point in time and space, Clara is flirting with socially awkward, PTSD-ridden fellow teacher Danny Pink when she saunters into a cupboard and is recruited by the Doctor to join the mission.
2: What's the mission? Glad you asked. Alongside Journey Blue and two red shirts, Doc and Clara are shrunken down to about an inch in height in order to fantastic voyage into the dark depths of the good Dalek, to heal it, and perhaps all Daleks, from within. Me over, you are well past... (laughs)
0: Aren't you just? and cheese nozzles, who wants to start where?
2: I was going to start off by saying something that we all forgot to say last time. Namely? And I was driving Marie back home, and we talked about it in the car. About how, on his debut as Doc, Peter Capaldi had probably the hardest job of any Doctor playing his first episode since Hartnell, because he had to follow Matt Smith. He had, for us... The toughest act to follow. Yeah,
0: that's a super fair point. And we didn't acknowledge that. It was so so loved by
2: fans. Yeah, and he even appeared last time. But this week, he has it easier. So, how did he do? Really well. Is this the first time that he truly comes into his own?
0: This is quite congruent with end of deep breath. Capaldi doctor, isn't it? Well,
2: because he's still Scottish.
0: <laughs> no, because he's there's a darkness to him that he didn't have before. Maybe there's an arrogance to him that is maybe not particularly Matt Smithy. There's definitely an imperious callousness, if that's what you're getting at. A dark sense of humour. A in particular now that we're reviewing the Tom Baker years, there's a little bit of Tom Baker in him. So it feels like the cycle has sort of restarted.
2: What bit of Tom Baker specifically is in him? That humorous form of
0: arrogance. She's a carer. She cares, so I don't have to. Oh, your hips are fine. You're built like a man. (laughs) All right. Would Tom Baker have said... He may not have said the hip thing. No, no, but I'm saying would Tom Baker
2: have said something that I think falls into a different category, where they're in the protein slop, the human refuse receptacle. Oh, upper layer. Yeah, upper layer, if you'd like to say a few last words. Yeah, that feels a little Tom Baker, actually. Really? Yeah. Because... That, to me, was, like, the darkest thing I've ever heard any Doctor <laughs> say, before or since.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily associate the fourth Doctor with darkness in a character, but... Yeah, there's a certain pragmatism that you don't get with every Doctor, mm-hmm. and Tom Baker certainly embodied it to a certain degree. And
1: Matt Smith did not. Mm. Mm. It's a pragmatism, because there's two points where he he lets somebody sacrifice themselves for the greater good of the group and both times he's in shot and you watch him and he just it doesn't even flinch like Matt Smith you might have eventually come to the realization that actually yes if you sacrifice yourself all of us can live that's the best outcome but he would have tried everything to stop them from doing it whereas yeah is just like yep I see no problem with this. He almost gives him false hope. That yeah. first
0: chap, the first red shirt who gets atomized. Yeah. Ross? Ross. Ross.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. So, I mean, he throws him...
1: Just... Yeah, you assume he's going to save it. Exactly. And yeah. Ross probably assumes so as well. Well, he yeah. definitely does
2: because Capaldi says, trust me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah,
0: okay. So that's probably not something Tom Baker's doctor would have done. <laughs> I
2: said, that's, that's dark
1: that's very
2: dark that is dark and and I think that the line about Ross ends up being the top layer would you like to say a few last words that's not pragmatism no. that is just pitch black cold yeah. yeah and I'm not saying I have a massive problem with it but my goodness what a change mm.
0: certainly
1: yeah
0: perhaps at odds with the aforementioned arrogance there's a humility in him certainly the am I a good man those two sequences he seems maybe not entirely sure of who he is and if he himself has flaws in the episode Dalek... Eccleston's Doctor looks at a Dalek, the Dalek goes, you are a... you are a good Dalek?
2: What does the Dalek tell him? I think it's very similar to what the Dalek says in the epi- this episode. You would make a, a good
0: Dalek! Yes, exactly. You would make you would make a yeah. good Dalek.
1: Whereas the same says you are a good Dalek. Exactly, yeah. yeah.
2: But Eccleston's
0: Doctor doesn't then have this crisis of faith. Oh, wait, hang on. Am I actually a bad person? Is there... do I have more in common with my mortal enemies than I have hitherto purported to have?
2: Capaldi's Doctor does. Yeah. And I'm glad that he does because otherwise he would be very unsympathetic Mm. in this episode but i do feel like it doesn't hang together particularly well oh okay i I get that he's a new person in a new face and a new body and all that but really he only abruptly asks this question of clara so that they can call back to it at the end and be like "Ah, that was the morality framing (laughs) (laughs) because because as you say if he were actually really bothered or concerned about being a good man i get that a lot of the human affairs and the pragmatism is beneath him and he's very unsentimental but i still feel like he would try a little harder to not be a dick but if it's
0: in his nature, maybe he is incapable of it. Or maybe a certain level of dickishness just comes to him as a reflex. It's just instinct to him. Yeah. And so close to a regeneration that gives him an opportunity to perhaps distance himself from him, from himself, from his very nature. Possibly reading way more into this than was written on the page.
2: Well, why not? Maybe his emotions, such as they aren't, are still a little out of control. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, also true.
1: Well, Clara says he's been gone for like three weeks. Oh, but, yeah. But I guess you don't know... If he's been gone for three weeks, or if he just reappeared at the wrong time for her,
0: he seems pretty good at timing his return at towards the end of the episode. Yeah, he does too. Like super good. Yeah. No more girl who waited decades.
1: Mm. Yeah.
2: No? I think there's, there's, there's quite uh, no no. You're right. That I don't know what he was playing at. Leaving Clara for three weeks. I guess he just thought she's resourceful.
1: She'll figure it out. And she just and he just abandoned her in Glasgow as well. She's got to then find a way home. <laughs> oh, yeah. From Glasgow.
0: <laughs> Which is pretty great.
1: Yeah. I mean, he does walk around with, with
0: coffees. He's got takeaway coffees. They may be Glaswegian takeaway <laughs> coffees. He may literally just have popped out for coffee.
2: I'm sure they are. Oh, right. Okay. So so
1: maybe he has
0: just carelessly timed his return.
1: But how did he... So ha, remind me what how it started. So we had the big um, shooty out like laser... Oh, that's true. Thing in the sky, and then he saved the soldier. What was he called? Journey Blue. Journey Blue. But yeah, why? Why was he there in the first place? He's got to be somewhere. That's true. He's keeping tabs on the Daleks. Is but. <laughs>
0: But if he's in Glasgow in 20-something...
2: 2014. This episode was broadcast 30th of August 2014. Nice
0: one. <laughs> somewhere in the TARDIS, is there a little alarm bell that just goes oh, I've located yet another point somewhere else in time and space in which humans or anyone non-Dalek was in peril, or will be in
2: peril? Or maybe his timeline is just that complicated at this point. The TARDIS is constantly computing places where time isn't a fixed point, and he isn't doubling back on himself and there's only a few permutations left in all of time and space where he can go and not cause a universe crushing paradox
0: there's also the traveling through the time vortex it it may not be quite so linear so that if you travel from one part of glasgow into another part of glasgow you may bypass (laughs) the year 5000 whatever in space you know maybe it temporally sticks right in between the high street and the costa coffee on the corner
1: i think i i took it that he had like knowingly abandoned her he says he got distracted and he says oh you can always find something so like he's willfully gone off and found a better thing to do than to take clara home isn't that he just got lost. yeah you're right yeah yeah Yeah. but she's very forgiving she doesn't she's not like mad at him oh she loves an adventure she does she's
2: never been dead in a ditch in glasgow before (laughs) She's pretty independent. Oh, sorry.
1: She probably made a buddy on the train home. Huh? Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems that her standards for interactions are so low, she could have gotten off with practically anyone. Ooh. Why does
0: she flirt so much with Danny Pink?
1: Because <gasps> Danny Pink's really cool. I like Danny Pink in this episode. Why? Because, I don't know, He's-
0: I seem to remember liking him later on, but in this one, he just seems mega orcs. Super duper awkward.
1: What's wrong with awkward? Yeah, but. It's endearing.
2: Yeah, we can't all be garrulous raconteurs. But awkward to
0: the point of, oh. Wow, any kind of interaction with this man, let alone a relationship, would be very complicated. Man is banging his head on a
2: desk in a school where he's meant to be a role model.
1: I thought that was really sweet.
2: (laughs) I have less of a problem with Danny Pink in those scenes than I do with Clara. And I think to myself, why on earth would Danny Pink go with this woman who says, No, I'm just being funny. I'm bringing back all your PTSD. But... (laughs) <laughs> but I'm I'm cracking wise. So you're on board with it, right? Yeah. And he is. And he should be broken again. He should he should have little tears appearing very slowly at the corner of his eye rather than going bonk bonk bonk. Yes, that would have been the best idea ever. That would have been the best plan ever. You're the best person ever. It is way too abrupt. I th-
0: I agree. I think most of the interactions, most most of the reactions in the school, of and between those two, are way too abrupt. I think the whole Cole Hill sequence, or those sequences, are quite poorly written, in fact.
2: Mm. Yeah. Now, who do you think wrote them? Because we have two writers of two this writers, episode. Two writers, you're right. Mm. Moffat is one. The other is... Phil Ford! Ford. Yeah, he is!
0: <laughs> we got that. <laughs>
2: who also co-wrote the waters of mars with rtd
0: correct amundo and who Wrote another couple of things, I believe. He wrote, here we go, Dreamland, which is that um, animated mini thing.
2: Oh, like the 3D animation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: One episode of Torchwood, Something Borrowed, and a whole mess
2: of Sarah Jane Adventures episodes.
0: Oh, and games, and a radio play, and some novels.
2: I think he also did a subsequent kids' sci-fi TV series that isn't Doctor Who with RTD. There's no such thing, surely. (laughs) According to wherever I read it, it ran for three series. Never heard of it. The Curse of Clyde Langer. I don't know, maybe.
0: Uh, who, I don't know. <laughs> I was just reading random stuff on Todd's wiki.
2: So he's done a lot of work for kids, but I get the feeling that Phil Ford is actually seriously hardcore. Okay. Because I seem to remember Waters of Mars being pretty, I mean, there were bits of it that were naff, but there were bits of it where it was, you, like, sit up straight, this is some serious shit going Incredibly down. Incredibly scary stuff, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are
0: some super naf bits there, that, are as in specifically child TV naff bits, the gadget gadgets robots that echoes... TV writing for children, yeah. So, but who but, wrote uh, those super scary bits, and who wrote the mm, and who bits? was RTD? Yeah, exactly. Maybe Phil Ford is the. Uh, you know what? I don't know who wrote what. I, I love Moffat's writing anyway. So, um, i get everyone has a bad it. No, I don't want to say that. I did like this episode. I like this episode.
2: There were some really hard sci-fi lines in it. I thought certainly and the feel when he's talking about the miniaturizer and there are just whole scenes of zippy zappy jibber jabber dialogue at that point of the episode that are just mind spinning i really enjoyed that part yeah like when when the when tires who will get to that tires is saying but security (laughs) here is absolute so kill him bag him up and And throw him out yeah Yeah. (laughs) and it's like that. Yeah, I mean, wow, that's, that's new, or well, that hasn't been seen in a while. Yeah, that's true. How awkward, by the way, is the
0: scene after the end credits when Journey Blue needs to go back to Tyers and go like, I know you now know that I was about to abandon you under the cause, but here I am! <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, surprise! <Shit. laughs>
0: Ty's probably went, killer, bagger, throw her out.
2: <laughs> yeah, because that is not the end of the Dalek War, is it? I mean, the Absolutely Dalek Mothership not. will have retreated somewhere, for a while, but they're still going to destroy that entire galaxy.
0: Yep. And they still have. Well, yeah, exactly. The humans are now going to possibly go on the offensive because they have a Dalek of their own. And
2: Oh, Rusty. Yeah, Rusty goes off by himself, doesn't he? Is that what he does? Rusty is now. So some sort Rusty of returns in Twice Upon a Time. Correct a Yeah, I
0: can't remember what happens
2: between now and then.
0: I, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Nor I. <laughs> I saw a comment on Facebook and I read it in the trivia, but don't remember what he in does. In fact,
2: I remember meeting Rusty again and not being able to remember then where we saw him first. So. I will never be able to hold these two episodes together. Fair enough.
1: <laughs> so all of the Daleks um, go back to the mothership and they just carry on on this war. But the Doctor doesn't follow or we're trying to intervene. Like Every other time I've seen the Doctor and the Daleks, it's been one handful of Daleks. that so have true. Somehow we've cleared the, this universe of Daleks and there's three remaining and I need to destroy them all and then the world will be safe.
2: Well, it, I mean, last time we had asylum of the Daleks and there was a whole parliament of Daleks. But Clara Dalek did destroy the lot of them, didn't she? Yeah. So hasn't always been a few, but oh, yeah. all this the is Daleks, not the first good Dalek. But all the Daleks in the vicinity have been destroyed.
1: Yeah. He just lets them all like retreat. Basically, they play dead, and then the Daleks went like go off and to find another ship to kill.
2: Would you rather have
0: this leads to a massive battle led by the Doctor?
1: I don't know because it's coming off the back of a lot of big battle things, so it's maybe true. it's not the right timing for it. But it just I hadn't it hadn't really occurred to me until you were just chatting, and I was like, oh, "That that's not very Doctor-like. He does he doesn't just let Daleks." run off and be Daleks because he knows what they're going to do. And he's just letting this war continue on his own so he can get Clara back to her date on time. Is he changing
0: anything here, by the way? At all? Because he knows how this war is going to end. He's just now changed one tiny component. He's created or healed, whatever, a a good Dalek. He's kept Journey Blue alive.
1: He's basically stabilised the Daleks. I think if if he hadn't have intervened, the radiation would have eventually killed... This good Dalek. True. So... But knowing where this war
0: is going to culminate... Has he affected any change here?
1: What? Depends how effective Rusty is in the next episode.
2: Yeah, quite.
0: Oh, in uh, Twice Upon a Time, I Yeah, mean. Yeah, that is that is true. That's super true.
2: No, I, I don't know where this Dalek war is going or where it ends up. I mean, do they come back to so, it? No, they? you're Ever? right. Sorry, you're right. Because I think now we're done with the Daleks till Magician's Apprentice, which is a f- familiar in series nine. Which is a
0: familiar? Which is familiar. Oh, which oh, is I, familiar. I slurred that <laughs>
2: rather, sorry. I
0: apologise. <laughs> Right. No, I guess that is a fair point.
2: But yes, so they're just all hanging around. You said that there has been a good Dalek before. Well, you brought up Clara Dalek. Yes. Does that count though? Well, yeah. Bakes pies.
1: But she, but that's a. She wasn't aware that she was a Dalek.
2: That is also true. So
1: again, so so Rusty initially wasn't a good Dalek. It was a malfunctioning Dalek that was behaving in a way that would benefit the Doctor. That's true um Clara Dalek wasn't a good Dalek she was a, a mentally ill Dalek who thought she was a woman like a, a human
0: or a human who had been sliced and diced and turned into a Dalek in some uh, yeah, weird way she
1: was wasn't she yeah
0: which is also not a real but Dalek again, it's not it's... A,
1: it's not a good Dalek it's just a malfunctioning Dalek like she hasn't been assimilated properly or something. yeah exactly yeah so rusty is the first one that is willingly and like knows what it is to be a dalek yeah i take it back um and has chosen to well not chosen because it's the the memories the the lovely handy uh box of memories that you just have to tap to reawaken oh yeah with the big charming red button in yeah the to aim at <laughs> that was useful <laughs> But yeah, now he's now he's got all his memories. He can choose to be to see the good and to see the light in the world and to not be a bad Dalek. Yep. But then that opens the question if all of the Daleks have their memories unrepressed, would like would they all turn good? Or does it would you know, is it just giving them free will and some would be bad and some would be good?
0: But is this Dalek truly good towards the end, or is is Rusty simply inspired by the even greater bad, greater evil from its point of view? View of, of the doctors. Yeah. Rusty sees the doctor's hatred of, of the Daleks because mm. that is magnificent and beautiful, so pure. It is the greatest hatred I have ever seen. That's the one I want to get on board with. So this other hatred I've been conditioned and so created it, to follow.
1: So it's, it's it's not so it's not the birth of the star that does it in the end, it's the, the doctor's hatred. Yeah. And do right. they basically switch allegiances to then because the doctor hates the Daleks, now I yeah, hate the Daleks. I, I think so. Even though I'm one of them.
0: Am I mistaken, Drew? You seem very sceptical. Am I wrong?
2: I seem sceptical. No, yeah. I'm. I'm just uh, befuddled by the back and forth and wondering which way it goes. I think that combining. I mean, the Doctor's hatred is a hatred for something that despises life. Right. True. So the hater who hates is my friend. Or what? What, what the <laughs> fuck am I saying? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You know, it's a double negative. So Rusty, perhaps for the wrong reasons, is on the side of good. And it is good, but it's definitely been put through a hate filter. Yeah, true. And it will result in in another genocide. The Doctor's just licensed another genocide, essentially.
0: <sighs> ah, whatever.
2: He does one every series now.
0: Hmm. Which is interesting, because we have had the fourth Doctor, the aforementioned Tom Baker Doctor, perfectly capable of destroying all of Dalek kind himself, mm. just by touching two wires together and choosing not to, because ending a civilization, ending a species yeah. would be wrong.
2: Yeah. And I wouldn't be troubled by it at all because it's the feckin' Daleks, except we have just. <laughs> gone through the last 50 minutes seeing how they could be turned good again yeah and that is the objective for large parts of this episode and i didn't really get on board with how it could ever be achieved one way or the other because either rusty ends up the way he is and kills as many daleks as he can either as happens mid-episode they fix him and he returns to being a normal dalek kills as many humans as he can if he's one good dalek like one good u.s senator let's say (laughs) and the parliament of daleks hello us listeners yeah. <laughs> the, the parliament of daleks are just shouting him out or just flat out exterminating the second he shows any sign of dissent how is that ever going to achieve anything even if the doctor fulfills his mission 100 percent, what difference is that ever going to make how is that going to translate
1: because it was it wasn't about this one dalek it was about can if we can fix this dalek then pretend like there's potential to fix the other daleks as well so to roll it it's, it was wasn't putting all your hopes in just this one to then go off and end the war but this is why like it shouldn't be the end of it where the doctor's concerned he needs to pick it up and say okay this is what we've learned we now know we can change the mind of a dalek let's go and find all the other daleks and do the same with them but, but how i get that the doctor could plug himself into the- and go into them all again individually and Unless- well,
0: that sounds like a real hassle <laughs> <laughs> there are billions of them <laughs>
2: Yeah, they're creating more faster than you can ever catch Surely up. Surely you could do yeah. a
1: mind patch, and you could whatever you've done in Rusty, you could like spread out. But then, isn't that
0: also just going to sow the seeds of even greater hatred in those Daleks? Eventually, they're going to run out of fellow Daleks to exterminate, and then they're going to turn that now amped up hatred onto the next best target. Okay, what if it was radiation poison? Mm. Poisoning in the first instance, yeah. right? That that got. Y- y- you guys are going to have to explain the different coloured memory slots to me because I didn't quite catch catch that. But if it's radiation poisoning, maybe you could just irradiate the Daleks in some way. Yeah. You know.
2: Oh, maybe. And
0: then all of a sudden, they're all just looking at sunsets. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Not sunsets. If, you know what I mean. If they've taken the, I assume five or ten thousand years it takes for a star to be born yeah and to actually sit back and watch that process the the solar cloud just accreting and gradually collapsing in on itself and forming a core and starting to send out light it doesn't happen overnight i don't think so what what, pretty sure i read somewhere in a
0: book that it happens overnight (laughs) true because there's nothing but night until the
2: sun has been
0: created
2: that's a a very long night (laughs) yeah that is uh, <laughs> Towers of Derrillium style. Technically night. true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself.
2: No, it's fine. But I, there are just little bits around the edges of this episode. That so, what, what, get me. what's the
0: colourful memory thing then? So, is it a combination of the radiation poisoning and actual physical damage to the memory backs?
1: What do you mean, the colourful?
0: There were a couple of memories that
2: were red.
1: I don't know if they were. they were explained. Yeah,
2: I thought that the memories that were, were dark were the ones that were being suppressed. Yeah. Right. It, so no, so it was functioning as it should.
1: And certain memories, yeah. But then she, she pulled off like a green panel to get in there in the first place. And that was never.
0: Oh, it was... Oh, no, you're right. It was green.
2: Yeah, yeah. and when she pulled it off, it was red. So, mm, I mean, I don't think we should be looking too closely at this point. I don't think no. we're going to find satisfaction in this supplementary cortex.
0: Mm. I wonder why it would even store that in the first place if yeah. there is some shared you know drop box between all of dalek kind and there's one folder marked do not read <laughs> you know you assume it's dalek homemade one. but like, <laughs> i mean th- regardless like why would you even store that if the daleks know that that is just going to turn everyone into sunrise appreciating good daleks
2: well you have to know which memories to suppress don't you you can davros or whoever can pre-program the obvious stuff but otherwise yeah but but other i mean it's got to be recognized by the software as well hasn't it i I get the feeling that this stuff is perhaps a sort of facet of ai and there is this pool of suppressed memories and every new dialect that comes along they suck it up from the dialect subconscious internet being suppressed and they refine it as they go along
1: because yeah i guess like most daleks might would see a sun being born a star being born and not think it wouldn't change them it wouldn't affect them so it's not a dangerous memory for most of them to have but just because of the radiation it became really dangerous i don't know hmm yeah like because the doctor said like you've seen you must have seen this like a million times stars are born every day like every second um it's not a unique thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, true. So, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. So, it because at some point also, Daleks would have experienced it for themselves. They will not all have been technologically implanted with those memories or all just have access to a Dropbox. Some of them will actually have experienced those things in order for them to get stored in the Dropbox in the first place. Mm. Uh, I don't know.
2: I have less of a problem with that than with, as Marie said, they're being architecture put in place for a nano human to go crawling amongst (laughs) the tubes and give it a hefty slap to just whack back on because i get that the memories could be there if not fully deleted but what circumstance is there where they need to be turned back on well yeah i mean that's an extension
0: of the just delete them i think but i agree with you You certainly don't have a button for it there's like a self-destruct button for the entire species
2: well i mean it's not that simple it's it's a million little self-destruct buttons for each one of them okay yes i mean the the fact that clara slapped four. it's far too few but i get why it had to be that few but uh, i mean i don't want there to be more of the things there shouldn't be there
1: (laughs) The other thing, talking about the sort of hardware of the Dalek that really stressed me out, and it's already been mentioned twice, the idea that the doctor grabs two cables.
0: Oh, I did not like
1: that. And puts them together, and suddenly my brain's connected to your brain. But uh, how... How? (laughs) They're both Dalek cables. I thought he took
0: a cable, tore it apart, and then let the memory electricity flow through him, and thus his memories somehow got... Really? I think that's what happened. (laughs) It was nonsense. Mm. This, I think, is part of the kids' writing thing. It adds an almost cartoonish level of logic to it. And it makes perfect sense in the context of the scene, but it's... (laughs) it contrasts very harshly with the very grown-up, very adult tone of the rest of the the yeah. episode, right?
2: Yeah, and it's a missed opportunity because there could have been any interface down there for the Doctor to grab hold of. I, I get that cables raise the... F- fewest questions for instance as the the supplementary cortex we they had to have specific things in there that clara could hit and we're like oh that's wrong and that's wrong and that's stupid so a cable is just a cable and if the doctor does a clever then Doctor Plus cable could equal a solution, I suppose. But there is an infinity of possibility, if you use your imagination to be put into that Dalek.
0: I have a retro rewrite suggestion. Go on then. Ooh. No cable at all. No gadget whatsoever. Let the solution actually be performed by the companion. So Clara pressing this button, probably don't make it a button, have her hack into it in some way.
1: It could, oh, have, because it could have given her the screwdriver at least. Yeah, do Clara, something.
0: maybe Clara and Journey Blue do it together. Yeah. They fix this and then the Dalek... You don't need to have the the Doctor tap in with himself so that you have the Doctor saving the day, but the Dalek comes to his senses, or its senses, sees the Doctor and goes, you know what, yes, you're right, that sun creation is gorgeous, it's beautiful, it's lovely, but I can see something even greater. And then you you just have Capaldi talk about his hatred of Dalek kind that's surely that's enough
2: yeah or inside within the dalek it could have some sort of technology because it's it's a cyborg or whatever it is isn't it uh, yeah what is the correct term because the cyborg, gonad. cyborg. it's a <laughs> it's a it's a Krangonad gonad just sat there a monopteroid crang <laughs> It could have some sort of low-level telepathic field with the tiny doctor in there. It could be perceiving his thoughts yeah. because it's inside yeah. his shell True. and it's a machine that. and everything. Uh, yeah, it could, it could perceive that, definitely. But also, we, we're talking about Clara sorting it out. She has been retconned as a human to be fancy super cyber computer tech whiz, Clara, hasn't she? In the Bells of St. John. <gasps> yes! <gasps> yes! yes. So use oh, that goodness!
1: Use it yes. have her hack it yeah that would have been so much better
0: oh you're so right oh we just woke up evie sorry oh. evie oh
1: sorry babe come back to sleep
0: hello puppy Hey, puppy love you <laughs> <laughs> you're so big <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel about the dalek antibodies and the interior architecture of the dalek
1: have we seen, seen something like this before the top of the yes. Yes, that's the one. Oh,
0: and, but you're right. You're absolutely right. I hadn't thought of that. I was thinking of the antibodies inside the, uh, what's it called? The, the shape shifting chameleon suit that looks like a Nazi. It's in Let's Kill Hitler. What's it called?
1: <gasps> yes, those two. Yes.
0: I want to find out what they're
1: called. Yes. That's closer to your miniaturization of the Doctor and the. Yes, last episode you were talking about because he does go into himself there but yeah the same idea that antibodies oh oh right
2: sorry two minutes later I remembered the suit and the miniature yes
1: yeah oh come on
2: (laughs) the tesselector
1: tesselector and we also
2: had the tesselector
0: antibodies Mm. I'm going to look at a picture of it yeah looks pretty similar but uh, yeah you're going to have something like this in any fantastic voyage slash inner space scenario right We, we had it in the invisible enemy as well with the actual antibodies of the doctors inside his brain. They were just giant balloons. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty great. Yeah, Yeah. It's like a pillow fight. It it was like the um, original series of uh, The Prisoner, you know, with the giant balloon. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Whatever that balloon (laughs) makes. Exactly what it sounds like. (laughs) Something like that. Exactly. (laughs) But yeah, antibodies. I mean, I get that. I mean, it's just obvious, isn't it? Yeah, but you need
0: it. If if there hadn't been antibodies in there, then we would
2: have reacted badly to it. Possibly. But I had real hopes when they spent the first thirty seconds, sort of reaching into the the blue of the rainbow or whatever is going on in his eye stalk, and they're all stretchy and swirly. And that was really cool. It was I beautiful, like right? Yeah. 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 And nothing else that happened within the Dalek, I think, came close to that for me. Yeah. Like, I got my hopes up so much. Like, oh my goodness, if they can, if they can just blow my mind a couple
1: more times, because what are they doing with this? And then it became so standard. The thing with the antibodies as well is, like, they've just, its like you say, it's just been brought in so that there's peril. There has to be something to attack you in there, and it has to be antibodies. Um, but it just didn't feel, it never felt like a huge threat. I don't know it's just stupid to say, because it did kill two of them, but only like they started it if you don't attack the dalek then it won't attack you
0: that's that's true
1: so yeah if at no point did i feel like clara or the doctor were in danger because they weren't the ones with the guns so Uh.
0: Didn't think about it. And the ones with the guns, you're right. They could have just, if they had just snuck around. Yeah. Instead of firing them which, when inside. You're inside
1: a person. I know it's a machine person, but just maybe don't shoot it. Yeah, exactly. And
2: the, the second time, Gretchen, whatever, Carlisle had to shoot it. Yeah, she did. Because that it was the knowingly. only way of them getting back up to the supplementary cortex. Yeah. But. You know how I feel about sudden sacrifices. And I, I'm bringing this up <laughs> you because... You love them, Drew. Yeah, I really love them. I'd forgotten <laughs> that she was there for the whole of the power cell scene. She really retreated into the background to so the point of invisibility. And then suddenly it's like, I am Gretchen full name sacrifice. Remember me. And it's like, oh, because we've heard your birth certificate. Now we're supposed to think this is meaningful. Okay, great. Get on with it.
0: Do you think we're going to see any callback to this? Do, are we going to see her name on anything?
2: Oh, what on a list at the end of the series when Missy is taunting Capaldi or something. Well,
1: no, but she doesn't she no, say like the, do like something a,
0: great and name it after me.
1: Yeah, like if there was a um They named Carlisle charity. after her. Oh.
0: <laughs> you're welcome, Rory. <laughs> <gasps> Missy. Missy, yes, you're right. I liked Missy. Highlighter too, however, this made me very confused, Mm. and perhaps you two can elucidate me. I recall there being a Cyberman plot with Missy. Yep. Steps of St. Paul. Whereby all these people who are in the heaven sphere, their physical bodies are being turned into Cybermen. Mm. Am I
2: right? yes because danny pink is dead and looks out of a cyberman suit but spoilers what's her face carlisle was atomized
0: there are no physical remains to turn into a cyberman That's very true. So I was a little confused. I maybe we're misremembering. Yeah, she is
2: just dust in the pool of a Dalek.
0: Yeah, her consciousness, I don't know how Missy would even upload it, how Missy would get access to it. But even if she did, what use is it to her?
2: Mm. Yeah, and also they are nowhere near Earth. Yeah, they are
0: let alone in twenty fourteen.
2: Yeah. Oh dear
0: yeah so i don't know if that works but maybe we'll find out later on that actually every person who ever died throughout all of time (laughs) has now been recruited by missy to become a cyberman
2: i don't remember the nether sphere being that big honestly but maybe
1: i don't think missy's got time to greet them all personally with a cup of tea either
0: maybe it's an automated answering machine service (laughs) whereby what's her name abigail carlisle did she is. Was it that Gretchen? Gretchen? Gretchen Abigail, Gretchen Abigail Carlyle. Yeah. She goes. Where am I? Is this heaven? And Missy goes. Did you say yes? <laughs> 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 Did you say more tea? No, I said where am I? More tea. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, very nice to see Missy. Oh, I got one. I don't know if this counts as trivia, but I uh, made one observation. Just backpedaling a little bit to the inside of the Dalek, mm. that pulsating sound that we hear in the very beginning when they enter the, mm-hmm. that's the same pulsating sound that we get in Classic Who inside Dalek spaceships
2: oh very nice Yeah, I did like some of the interior shots the set design mm. you see a shot of Capaldi from below and he's going oh Dalek don't lie to me and it's looking <laughs> way up hundreds of feet and it does look really good and it reminded me of Alien which is like a pinnacle yeah. of sci-fi spaceship design isn't it so I, I think they did a good job in that regard I agree yeah there were, there were a lot of tubes and a lot of vacuum cleaner pipes <laughs> <laughs> and i did think that the dalek eye stalk being ooh a corridor but it's tubular was perhaps not quite as beautiful as as they were saying and the dalek fuel cell interior wasn't perhaps as incredible as clara said but it was all right yeah, I think so. Yeah, I c- I uh, could see the money on the screen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. In the special effects in the beginning as well, perhaps in particular. Wow, that that was Star Wars level mm, sci-fi, I thought. The
2: asteroid space fight with yeah. the with the muse-like arpeggios just going <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. That that was very striking absolutely yeah they they were really making a statement there i, I don't know what but it's yeah. like we're, we're gonna we're gonna put this at you um,
0: the action up to 11
2: mm. how do you think their wasp ship though got hit so grievously on one side that her brother is just instant toast and she's completely unscratched
0: he's on the other side of the ship as well but
2: uh, oh. she, she he's two feet away and she reaches over and goes stay with me Kai. stay with me when he's clearly gone, oh, and, yeah, he is yeah. already
0: gone. Actually, by the time we open up this episode, yeah. isn't he he is dead. Zaws, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. Mm. She's a heck of a pilot.
2: What did you think of her in general? Do you know who she is? Have you ever seen her anywhere? Recognize her?
1: Oh, I recognize her. Who is she? Drew? She
2: is Zoe Ashton. Oh, I recognize her name. It, she's in Fresh Meat. She's, oh, uh, yes, she is. She's Vod. <laughs> Yes. she was also in two episodes of the demon headmaster she also won the london poetry slam championship in 2000 she did not she did what now sorry what did she win did you say the london poetry slam championship holy moly she's a month younger than me and she's achieved all these things she's done loads of theater she's written plays her grandfather this is just a factoid was prime minister and president of uganda What? what yeah but I love Vod and everything, and everything I've ever seen her in, she's great. But I didn't think she stole the show here particularly. Nah.
1: No. I didn't I didn't really like how Capaldi was talking to her in the beginning and he just and he didn't really and he didn't care about her name, he just called her girl. That's the girl one. That's the
2: boss one boss
1: one, like very disposable i'm sure he's interacted with soldiers before and been a little bit more polite to them and it just felt like they're, they're drilling a point home here because they want him to have an issue with danny pink and so let's make it really really clear straight away that he doesn't like soldiers
0: so ham-fisted yeah super duper ham-fisted yeah.
2: the last line of the episode is surely the culmination the apex the apogee of all the hamfisting, fisting where danny pink says Oh, I just oh, thought you yeah. might have a problem with soldiers, and Clara's like, "No,
1: not me, so, so not I thought, me." A, yeah. I thought you might have a rule about soldiers. Yeah. Like, why, Danny? Who has a rule about soldiers? Yeah, like what a weird thing to yeah. super. Unless duper... you like grow up on an army base. This uh... is what I'm saying. Is she like?
0: I think maybe Clara has a thing for dudes she can fix because mm. uh, he does not seem hundred percent okay.
1: I want how. How long do you think he's been a civilian for? Is this his first teaching job? Because it feels like the the question that gets thrown at him when he says, uh, Have you killed anyone? he seems like he knows how to handle that. And then it's when yeah, you killed anyone that's not a soldier, he just, just completely breaks down. And
2: yeah, within a second, he's teary eyed.
1: Yeah, if you'd ever been in a room full of teenagers, you would have had that question thrown at you before, surely.
2: Yeah, I think this is his first gig. Yeah. Aww. I can see him having done a year of teacher training after being dishonorably discharged or whatever happened.
1: Mm.
0: this is what i'm saying the Cole hill side of the episode is not super well
2: written yeah no the rest of it is is great but yeah. that is a little weak yeah. rushed i mean what he asks unless he was sneaking along in the tardis and watching everything from the console seeing what we were seeing it's a complete non sequitur it's just bad writing
0: in the beginning she goes what was that thing you were doing with the kids ordering them around like a playing soldier or whatever it is she yeah. says.
2: Oh, she I suppose she does sort of say, um, oh, it's the modern soldiery just uh, killing people and then crying about it later.
0: Oh, yeah, right. So
2: she does make a dig, and perhaps he's thought, uh, yeah, maybe she just feels that way about all soldiers.
0: But maybe we can retcon some, a bit of understanding. I don't know if maybe. I'm...
2: Uh, but but he- then she's flirted with him so... Presumptuously, yeah. like she asked and him definitely, out. yeah,
1: exactly. Like if she had a rule against soldiers, then she wouldn't have asked you out, Danny Pink. Yeah, Come also on. true.
0: <laughs> What's he reading? That's so incredibly fascinating that he doesn't to no, know. Okay, I question. bet you are. I bet you were. <laughs>
1: What? What the heck was that?
0: (laughs) What's her name? What's the name of that character? I
1: feel like this is her attempt at flirting with him.
0: let's. I don't understand it. I'm I'm just going to call her Steffi. Steffi, you got to up your game. That is not. (laughs) That is not cool. I bet you did. (laughs) I bet you did. And then the what's her face? What's her face? Courtney. Courtney. He's She's just standing in front of Courtney. Courtney's just like, "Oh yeah, you want a slice of that pie, don't you, Steph?"
2: <laughs> Slutty Steph, the secretary. And Courtney's just got one arm draped over the bar, just basically winking and grinning at the camera, being <laughs> like, "I'm going to be coming back in case you didn't know." <laughs> <laughs> I- I've seen enough of Courtney already. I th- yeah, me too. I think I'm beginning to remember why you were like her on the moon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I I don't feel that she, well, I, I remember feeling that she did not deserve it. But it seems super duper inappropriate of Steph to be flirting with someone, uh, with a colleague in front of children. Yeah. It's as inappropriate as it is of him to start banging his head on the desk, potentially in front of children. Like the door is open, Clara sneaks in, she's been eavesdropping, potentially lots of kids have been walking past there as well, going, great, so our teacher's a little bit crazy. All right, fine. No worries, <laughs> to see him again tomorrow. Oh
2: yeah when while we're hammering away at this part when at the beginning is it mitchell is asking a line or someone and he says do you think you're funny mitchell and mitchell goes yeah and then he goes (laughs) yeah actually me too you're fucking hilarious and it's like i I, really put me on the back foot from the very (laughs) beginning is this the first joke you've heard since leaving the army because well i mean things are going to get better for you in a way i envy you (laughs) got a rich world of humor to enjoy (laughs) an encounter goodness sake yeah
0: is he doing this military training for the kids on the dl why does clara not know about it it seems like in in a small school would she not go well oh yeah you're that person who was brought in to among other things teach them how to be a soldier (laughs) <laughs> she seems super surprised by this. Wait, what was that thing
1: you were doing? That actual class you were teaching outside? I, I get the impression it w- that wasn't a class. So he's, he's been brought in as a maths teacher. And then when they do these, like, extracurricular activities, he's been like, yeah, let's do a boot camp. Like, if anyone who wants to get fit or do something, like, in your lunch break. Like, it's an optional thing. It's not a class. The Coal Hill cadets. Yeah! Well,
2: well the mm. cadet forces in schools are optional, in my experience. And... You you get teachers of any subject just filling in because you need someone to fill in. But, yeah, sure, yeah. totally fair, do you also get other teachers
0: unaware of it?
1: No, he, maybe surely not. <laughs> exactly. No, there wasn't the Coil Cadets until he brought it in, so it's a new thing. He had oh, the t-shirt exactly. printed himself. Off. Clara's been <laughs> off for three weeks, working away, hitchhiking back from Glasgow, because oh, she true. was left with no money and no phone and no anything, and uh, so she's missed a bit of school.
0: She has just as rock-solid an employment contract as... <laughs> (laughs) rory did by the way (laughs) you've been away for three weeks clara like kids have not been educated for the better part of a month
2: (laughs) yeah like i said don't look too closely at this one
0: yeah maybe not look very closely at the inside of dalek bits but
2: hmm. should we talk about tires Yes, because I think he had a great beginning, and then oh, really? Why nothing? Why? Because he's just—he goes from being a a functioning character to being horrendously underwritten. He's at one point he says, "See you then, Journey. Sorry about this," and they have a a a lawn of emotion, but for ten or twenty minutes he's doing nothing but backing away from Daleks. And at the end, he doesn't really have anything to do, and I just thought he was wasted.
0: Yeah, perhaps a little underused. For those in podcast land who aren't familiar with the reference, we're calling him Tyres because he played the character of Tonya's in the TV show Spaced.
2: He should have been listening to the diets going, woom, 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 yeah, woom, woom, over. Starting drumming in the background. Piu <laughs> <laughs> pew, 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 pew. <laughs>
0: If this time this could be a teaser trailer for this episode, <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, he was underused. I thought Ross. I mean, Ross had a thankless red shirt role, but he was in Game of Thrones. Ben Crompton, and he was, was he also every
0: th- other red shirt playing English character. Also, in-
2: possibly, but he was in it for a while. Oh, I think he? he was in it all the way through. according Wait, to Wait, who was he? Who was he? I don't know. Okay, I never seen it. Mm. But he was also funny in pram faces. Keith, <laughs> his wife would always say Keith, Keith, and. Yeah, he he's a good actor, is what I'm saying. Are you Um, saying pram face? Pram face. What's pram face? Are you familiar with this? No, not at all. It was a BBC Three series where um, there was a one-night stand and she got knocked up and oh, uh, she you... had the baby and they, they were an odd couple and it was fine. We watched it.
0: I thought it was like a, a man was out jogging with a perambulator as lightning struck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> meaning by it... a radioactive pram. <laughs> Turning him into pram face. <laughs> but the wind changed directions and he was stuck with his pram face forever. <laughs> <laughs> every every time his
2: mom says i told you so <laughs> something just struck me actually
0: you asked before how do we feel about journey blue mm-hmm.
2: isn't the way that the
0: doctor feels about her completely uncalled for well because she's a soldier yeah he doesn't know the background to it maybe she was maybe everyone is forced to be a soldier that's in this. yeah part of time. that's
1: sort of what i was thinking is if you were grown up with a war with the daleks wouldn't you just be a soldier by default yeah wouldn't you even even if you went born on that ship like even if you went into medicine you'd be a medical soldier like you you know yeah it's very unfair to to judge yeah yeah i expected it
2: to be the thing that she turned around and said to him as he was leaving but she had to be silenced so that it could be a
1: clean break yeah it's very harsh as well has anyone ever asked him if they can go and he'd just be like no like, normally he lets people come in the TARDIS, doesn't he? At least for one good. If anything,
0: he asks people and they say no, yeah. and then we get ticked off by it. Like,
1: who would say no? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> it's quite presumptuous of her, though, to assume that she could go with him. But then, yeah, maybe she's been brought up in this world of war and that's all she knows, and she doesn't want to be a soldier, and this is the first escape route she's seen out of it, and he's not allowed her. Yeah. It's pretty cold. It is. I did like
2: when she left the TARDIS. She's like, oh, it's really small. Yeah, Yeah, it's
0: smaller on the outside. It's a bit more exciting when you go the other way. It's a really nice comeback. It's very good.
2: I know I've been complaining, but there are a lot of good lines in this episode. I liked the, uh, what was it, engineering as evil or something or malfunction as morality. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are are a couple like that that are really, really juicy. Oh, Phil
0: Ford's. There you go. First you do one of those Danny Pink things in Coal Hill, and then you do something like this and mm. totally redeem yourself. <laughs> Anyone fancy rating this? Ooh,
2: yeah. Let's. And now it is time to rate this. Did we love or hate this? Bing-bong, bing bon, hey la la hey-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. La, la, Ratings. So, I think this episode was definitely better than Smith's first Dalek episode. How could it not be? There's no paradigm. The <laughs> Daleks true. are restored to normality. But I feel like it's The Beast Below Part 2 in some ways crossed with Journey to the centre of the TARDIS. Moffat is trying to take us into space and give us an adventure and make a statement, but it's not that great. And at the end of the TARDIS episode, Jim was underwhelmed by the lack of imagination that went into the potential infinity to be found within. And I feel the same way now about this Dalek. We get the rebranded toclophane, the fuel cell setup is just textbook, and then there's a platform to pontificate on at the end with as you say a weird mind connection which cables plus doctor equals solution and the daleks when they're coming in the ship i don't think there's ever been an episode where they shouted exterminate more i was so glad abby wasn't watching it because they kept going back to it over and over again at one point um tires and co are retreating in a very confined space through a door the daleks are no more than three feet away but they're not firing the, the humans are firing their lasers, but the darkness is going, exterminate, exterminate. Oh no, another door. <laughs> and if they'd just taken the opportunity, the episode could have been over 15 minutes earlier, the whole ship would have been theirs. It's frustrating. And you know what? I actually picked out a bad line when Clara is in the memory bank that we didn't talk about. It's a bit of Chibnall-esque over Oh no. When she's saying about... Of course, it's a brain, and in brain, memories travel electronically between parts of the brain. The brain is constructed of memories and so on, and she says a couple of things like that, and I'm thinking, we knew all this. Stop it. Stop it. And the final thing, if you take it to its logical conclusion, okay, the Doctor has hated Daleks pretty much since he first went to Scarrow, First met them the whole fifty years, whatever. But this is the episode in which it changes, and he doesn't bring it up. He doesn't say to Rusty, "I know I felt this way until I was deep in the bowels inside of you, and I learnt from my teacher friend, who's very clever, by the way." And even I, with this unmatched hatred of your species, I am in the process of starting to change. Before you, this is why I have come to talk to you now. This is the very reason why I'm here. Surely that overwrites everything that's gone. Before For in some way is that not inspiring for you could you not take that as your example it is so apropos and it is completely shoved under the rug so that capaldi can carry on being troubled and tormented for a bit longer and the episode's morality arc can land so i don't know i i came into this expecting to really like it and i reckon that when we come to do the 12th doctor retrospective all we'll remember is the concept of the into the dalek and how great a idea it is and we'll wonder why didn't drew rate it way higher than he did which because capaldi was on great form and every move he makes he executes with such precision i can't give it less than a 2.7 nor can i give it more than a (laughs) 2.7 wow 2.7 it is (laughs)
1: 2.7
0: from drew Marie, do you want to go next or should I go next?
1: Oh, you go next. Okay.
0: Well, I want to start by referring slash adding to two things that you just mentioned. Firstly, the Chibnall-esque exposition of, oh, there are electronic impulses going from one part of the blah, blah, to the other part of the blah, blah, blah. In the classic <laughs> Who serial, The Invisible Enemy, that we just reviewed last week, and in which they are also fantastic voyaging into a brain, uh, they... It, there is an electronic impulse that flies by. Leela goes, what was that? And Tom Baker, the fourth doctor, just goes, it was a passing thought. Oh.
2: <laughs>
0: is that not so much better?
2: Oh. Infinitely superior. <laughs> yeah.
0: So much better. <laughs> Another comment about uh, something that you brought up, that scene, that little 300 Spartan scene of uh, Tires and his fellow red shirts backing away with lasers while the Daleks are approaching. I got severe... Star- this is not a bad thing, necessarily, but I got severe Star Wars vibes. Particularly two things. Firstly, the beginning of A New Hope, when Darth Vader and his cronies are boarding Leila- uh, uh, Leia's ship. Very similar setup. They're behind doors, they're all crouching. I wonder if this is a deliberate reference, like an homage to it. But also, sadly, Qui-Gon Jinn and Yun McGregor, whatever. <laughs> this is nonsense. Anyway. Yeah. So, some Star Wars references there, I think. Overall... Conceptually, I really, really enjoy this episode, both from the Fantastic Voyage side of it. It's a trope it's done well. I think it's done really well. And I appreciate that you see all these elements that you have seen before, the antibodies, blah blah blah, the garbage shoot into the anus of the, well, I guess, stomach of the of the, uh, the, Dalek. But I want to see those tropes in this kind of story, and I enjoyed them. But mostly I really like the... And I'm now inclined to say there is no such thing as a good Dalek, according to this episode. There is such a thing as a damaged Dalek, and there is such a thing as a Dalek who hates his own kind more than he hates non-Dalek kind. And hitherto we've only had the the latter. We've, we've had Daleks who hate anything that isn't a Dalek solely because it isn't a Dalek. And here someone finds the hatred of Daleks so much superior, so much greater, that it some suddenly subscribes to it. I think that's the takeaway from this, and I think that's super-duper interesting. I just wish the execution had been slightly less cartoonish. The wires, the colour-coded memories, blah blah blah. It could have been done a little bit better. Anyway, point is, I did really really enjoy this episode. I'm happy that we get Danny Pink, because I remember him being great later, but I didn't like Danny Pink in this. I'm happy that we have Clara in this, because she was good in this, blah blah blah. Capaldi is on top form, I think. Because of the cartoonishness, and because of those horrific Collins dictionaries we get to see in the cupboard. (laughs) Hypercolons. I'm inclined to say I didn't like this as much as I liked the last Classic Who, which I gave 3.9. I'm giving this one a 3.1. And by the way, I started at a three point eight before you started talking, Drew. And then as you were talking, I just went like, "No, he's right." I need to take that. Oh, oh. my goodness, he's so right. I <laughs> take that down. Take oh, sorry, down. sorry. <laughs> so three point one. The thing is, I found someone who hates this even more than I do. <laughs> now, now I'm following your hatred.
1: <laughs> oh wow, oh.
2: that's it.
0: <laughs> right, Marie.
1: I guess I should have gone first and uh, see
0: oh, five point zero.
1: <laughs> Okay, <laughs> here is my rating. <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> you want to hear my rating? Yes. yes. <laughs> so, I was throughout this recording, I really thought both of you liked this a lot more than I liked this episode. Oh, snap. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and it was only when the r- reco- uh, ratings caught and you started talking, I was like, oh no, Drew, Drew hates it too. Okay, <laughs> oh, that's fine. <laughs> um and so yeah and i think i agree with all the bad things that you've said not so much with the good things and like okay i'm gonna give you my little my little list of things that i did enjoy first okay so i really really liked the doctor in this i really think capaldi is doing a stand-up job he's uh, definitely is a lot darker than matt smith so with certain points where i sort of stood back and questioned and be like oh is that is that what the doctor does should he be behaving like this um specifically with the leading to think he was being saved and then he You know, dies and but I think enough things like that have happened infrequently in the past, and it always makes us jump up and think is that very doctor-like but it's not in isolation so I think it it is doctor-like and it but it's just a it's a darker doctor and we talked about that last episode everything that kapali's been through and I think that he's portraying that really well I really really liked the doctor and Clara's kind of like chemistry this is the in face this episode
2: that you see just before I'm about
1: to slap you well I guess I was gonna just bring up the oh, slap yeah. because nobody mentioned the slap <laughs> but um yeah so because the last episode was a lot about them not knowing each other and not knowing 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 how to behave around each other and not knowing whether they could trust each other. And this one, even though he did abandon her in Glasgow, it feels like they've kind of just picked up again where they left off and... Everything's okay. And their little banter about like, oh, don't I pay you? You couldn't afford me. And um, <laughs> and um, he describes her a couple of times. I calls her short and roundish, but with a good personality. Says you're not a young woman anymore. And well, I- you don't look it. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, that's it. Keep your spirits up when she tells him she is. And um, like, it's not it's just gone from like to really nice sort of playful like friendship banter rather than we had a few comments in the last couple of episodes that were really more kind of sexualizing her and i wasn't a fan of that mm. so it's kind of they f- feels like they found their ground and and they're doing really well the two of them i liked missy when she appeared but we talked about that and leon told me why i shouldn't like that so. hey i didn't say that i didn't say that. i'm sorry <laughs> I- <laughs> But I think you're right. If Well, we'll see. We'll see how we'll it see. We'll plays see. out. But if you've remembered that correctly, then there's no reason for her to be there. So they should at least be consistent with it. But let's, I'm not criticising that now because we might have remembered that incorrectly. But if it turns out that you are right, then come back and knock off another point two. <laughs>
0: not a whole point. Two, no, point two. not point oh, okay, 0.2. Okay, Point two. Point okay. 0.2, sorry.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And I did, and I did think it was very visually pleasing in a lot of respects. Mm. Not in all respects, because, like you said, there was very there were very cartoonish elements, and the all the wires and the slapping of the thing and the blah blah Not um, hand wave over that bit, but the yeah entering through the ice store was really beautiful. A lot of the the fight scenes were really beautiful. The space scenes, the like Star Wars intro, like lots of that was really gorgeous. So, yeah, so they're all the good bits. But to be honest. I think I came to the end of the episode and I was just a bit like it didn't there are a lot of tropes in it I don't feel like there was anything massively new about being shrunk down and gone into a Dalek we've seen the kind of good Dalek before not just not just with Clara I'm sure we've seen it somewhere else wasn't there someone that we had like a Dalek servant who was bringing tea to someone i don't know i don't know i
2: mean we've just had handles the helpful cyberman head, which is a sort of parallel
1: like and um eccleston's first dalek intro he was like presented with this dalek chained up in a room and, and that you know there were echoes with that and the and the idea of you'd make a good dalek you are a good dalek like i know it's there's a lot of callbacks but it just feels like i don't think it's anything new i don't think it's progressing the dalek story okay it's getting away from the paradigm daleks and the the uh, parliament and the things that we didn't like and going back to basics which is good but yeah it didn't it just left more questions than it answered so yeah i don't know gonna need a number from you okay i liked the slap i liked clara and uh, <laughs> sorry i didn't really talk about that um i just yeah i was very underwhelmed and uh the good bits weren't enough to like they're bits that i w- would expect from any episode in this series the doctor should be good and his companions should be good and they should have good chemistry that's like a basic level (laughs) okay um i know we don't always get it but you know that's 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 not enough to make it a standout episode so yeah so i'm gonna go a little bit lower than you guys and i'm gonna give it a (laughs) 2.2
0: exactly what i've written down (laughs) nice (laughs) excellent review let's have a listen to podcast lounge shall
1: we
2: Let's listener minis. Now let's hear from Podcast Land. Max two fifty, or it would get out of hand.
0: Okie dokie and Cheesecakes, we have two listener minis for this one.
2: That we know of.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Oh. <laughs> Starting with, in chronological order, Michael
2: Ridgway Ridgway.
0: Hello, Michael.
2: It's so Aww. big, Michael. You're not bad, Michael.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Michael starts with some likes. Kaboom! Space battles. Human on Dalek and Dalek on Dalek action. One Dalek was blasted in the gut. Another was bleeding green gunk from its head. Not seen this much Pepperbot carnage since... Seventh Doctor. seventh Doctor. Bloodbath remembrance of the Daleks.
1: Uh, Michael continues something new with the Daleks. Davros aside, this is arguably the most ambitious spin on the Daleks since they were made impotent in the criminally underappreciated <laughs> "Death to the Daleks."
0: Yeah, I hear you, Michael. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mike, as we did, loved the trippy ice
0: talk sequence. Next bullet better duty of care for our shrunken heroes than in classic who the invisible enemy where clones of the doctor and Leela with fruit fly lifespans were haphazardly scooped into a syringe and injected into giant doctor's tear duct yep correct <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> sounds great michael also liked the total badass bastard doctor he was dead already i was saving us and his army quip top layer if you want to say a few words more,
2: please. Michael also extends his likes to Danny Pink. It takes skill to make a character likable and complex within minutes of screen time. And I would say that I think Danny Pink, by himself, in and of himself, is fine. Yes. It's when he has secretaries and Clara mm. just spouting nonsense at him, and he has to. He, he, he's not that good an actor that he can make scenes of that bad writing work. Otherwise, he's fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I would tend to agree with you. As I said, I remember liking him later on. More likes abound. Next up, we've got Ben Wheatley, legend.
2: Michael Smiley, legend. Journey, can I come? Doctor, um, no. Rejected, ha <laughs> ha, loser. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, it's so mean, oh, Michael, no. wow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Michael then continues with some briefs. Starting with, even though we see Rusty again, a missed opportunity to create a Dalek Civil War
1: storyline. Ooh, maybe he'll be back. <laughs> uh, and Michael did not like the Dalek antibodies, which weren't as entertaining as the Doctor's and- antibodies in Invisible Enemy. Cotton wool stuck to balloons. Mm-mm. Sounds
2: great. <laughs> Michael summarizes by saying, Kaboom! <laughs> And his rating is 4.4 4 out of five letters to the families of the antibody vaporized red shirts who never made it out of the Dalek. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 4.4. 4. Hmm. And by the way, one did make it out of the Dalek. She's in heaven. Oh, yeah, that's
1: true. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or is she?
1: Is she? Mm. Very generous, Michael. Yeah,
0: you have a big heart. <laughs> yeah. Peeps, what are not Michael Ridgway? Follow Michael Ridgway on Twitter and high-five him. Please, he can be found at bad... underscore... movie...
1: Underscore club. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I you very think, much, Michael. I
2: didn't think you were going to say it. Somebody had to say it. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's because you went down instead of up. I didn't expect it. <laughs> Next up.
1: Next up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we have... Star Wars Sill,
0: Star Wars Sill, Star Wars Sill Hello Star Wars Sill Hi Star Wars Sill Hi Star Wars Greetings <laughs> Star Wars Sill <laughs> Sil begins I don't know why I felt so nostalgic when Doc 12 showed up Because that's all gone now I'm remembering how I nearly gave up on Doctor Who during early Capaldi
1: Wow Fortunately, continues Star Wars Sill I also remember I liked later Capaldi much more So I shall wade through again There is something
2: extraordinary extravagantly judgmental about the Twelfth Doctor in his early episodes. Not just his Dalek-like hatred for Daleks, he's always had that, but this Doctor both seems more aware of his own inner flaws and also dismisses people with venom for things he tolerates in himself.
0: For instance, with Clara's help, the Doctor finally was willing to think that maybe there could be a good Dalek, so he opened up his mind to try to instill his own tolerance and belief and change and hope and,
1: well... He believes all species can grow and learn, except for certain species he has written off as not worthy of the effort he gives everybody else to try and help them become better than they have ever been before.
2: The Dalek calls him out on it, but even after seeing into his own heart,
0: the doctor turns to Journey, a woman actively trying to leave behind a lifestyle he despises and condemns her. I wish you hadn't been a soldier, because to 12 at this time, that means she can never be
2: different. I mean it's super true. Yeah. yeah that is yeah. a powerful analysis. Yeah. Yes.
1: And uh, Star Wars Sill gives us a rating for Clara two point three. Oh.
0: Holy moly, Star Wars Sill. <laughs> That's an incredible mini. Thank you very yeah. much. Everyone who isn't Star Wars Sill, do the next best thing to being Star Wars Sill. Follow Star Wars Sill on Twitter. Star Wars Sill can be found at Star Wars Sill.
2: Thanks, Star Wars Sill. Thank you. Thank
1: you.
0: Okie dokie. What have we got coming up next? First up, we're going to have a classic who review, namely of
1: Image of the Fendal, Fendal, <laughs> Fendal, Fendal,
2: <laughs> and then back to new who with Robot of Sherwood. Mm-mm. <laughs> Let's see if Capaldi can put so much conviction and naturalism into next week's performance. Yeah, we shall see. Yes.
0: As for bonus lands, wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> In the meantime, you can say hello to us online. Marie, I believe you uh, snap pics and share them in some sort of social forum?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, follow me on Instagram. I am at ham, mash and jelly.
0: Ham, mash and jelly. Mm -hmm. All in one word?
1: Yeah, All three of them (laughs) together in one glorious bowl. (laughs)
0: Lovely.
2: (laughs) Delicious. (laughs) Drew, I believe you tweet.
1: Yeah, you can slurp
2: from my tweety bowl at Drew Back When. Yum. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I can be found at Ponkin. Figure out how to spell it and win a prize.
1: <laughs>
0: the prize of following,
1: following Leo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Until the next time, thank you so much for being such a lovely audience. Be rather next to each other. Rock on and
2: And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points.
0: That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other.
2: Catch your earballs in our next Who review or bonus episode. Until then, cha-chow. Who back when?